You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms. We all know that the human body comes in all different shapes and sizes. However, most firearms do not. That is why Savage Arms has rolled out their AccuFit system on the 110 platform. AccuFit uses interchangeable components that allow hunters to custom fit both comb height and the length of pull without taking their rifle to a gunsmith. In fact, the only tool you need is a Phillips head screwdriver. If you want to find out more information about the AccuFit customization system, visit savagearms.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman podcast. And shed season is fast approaching, so that's what we're talking about today, shed hunting. Not only wild shed hunting, but competitive shed hunting. Before we had this conversation, I didn't know competitive shed hunting was a thing but it is so we had amy on from blue clay kennels right here in ohio and we talk competitive shed hunting we talk training shed dogs we talk best places to find sheds uh, lots of different things in this one and so i'm excited for y'all to hear this but before we get into it i want to talk about our sponsor mastin's deer sense so mastin's is deer scent company they've also got some other uh, predator scents so if that's something that you like to do in the winter time check them out so uh, you know i know deer season is wrapped up here and uh won't be starting again for a while but they do offer other scents so check them out go to mastinsdeersense.com if you order from them, you can order directly from their website and they ship it direct to you. So cuts out the middleman. You don't have to buy it at a retail location where they're tacking on some more money. So that's one of the ways they keep their prices really, really reasonable. So check them out again, mastinsdeersense.com. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right. So, today on the podcast, we're joined by Amy Kuchenbecker of Blue Clay Kennels, and we had a we actually I, I told you this when we when we spoke before we recorded we had a listener reach out and ask us to cover some shed hunting topics so that's what we're gonna we're gonna talk about today and they actually referred you as sort of the go-to person in ohio to 
to talk shed hunting. So that's how we we got in touch with you. So first, before we get started, I want to thank you for taking time to come on and and chat with us. But uh, I guess I guess where we'll start is uh, if you could just kind of introduce yourself and and your kennel for us, who you are and, and sort of what you do. Sure. Well, I want to thank you guys for the invite, and I really appreciate it. Sure. Um, but I'm A.B. Kukenbecker, and I'm the owner and trainer at Blue Clay Kennels in Kim Bolton, Ohio. We're in East Central Ohio. Okay. And so uh, the the sort of interesting thing that that came from this, I guess, was I had no knowledge. You know, when they, when this person reached out to us and said, you know, I'd like you guys to do, you know, cover shed hunting. I just assumed initially that that's going out in the woods and, and looking for sheds. Unbeknownst to me, there's a whole other side of shed hunting. There's actually competitive shed hunting competitions. So can you kind of explain to us, because, you know, I'm fascinated with this now because it's something I didn't know existed. So can you sort of explain how a shed hunting competition works uh sure um there's two different associate associations um well not really associations but there is north america shed hunting dog association which is founded by tom dawkin in northfield minnesota and then there is also the ukc elite shed dog series um that's united kennel club it's a their sanctioned events through ukc and they are a registry title so if you have a registered dog through UKC, um, once your dog acquires a title, then you will get a title certificate and those initials would then be added to your dog's registered name. Um, okay. We personally have started competitively shed hunting a little over eight years ago. Uh, and we've been going strong ever since. Uh, our first dog was 10 and a half months old when we started with NASHTA. And we did NASHTA from about 2013 to 2016. And then we um, entered into the UKC. And we've been doing that since 2017. Okay. And so I guess how is, because my only familiarity with shed hunting is, you know, walking around in the woods looking for naturally dropped shed antlers so how how is a shed hunting competition like how is it carried out how is it scored so with ukc um they're timed events and there are so many planted shed antlers on a 50 by 100 yard course so roughly the size of a football field it can be different terrain um, crop field wooded area Um, it can contain water natural water resource um and the 50 by 100 yard course is divided into six virtual blocks. So roughly 25 by 33 for each block. Uh, before the handler and the dog go to the course, they'll draw for what we call their empty block. Um, depending, of course, on what division you're competing in. And UKC has two divisions, which is working class and champion class. And we also have a youth class. Um, but working class, there are five sheds planted on the 50 by 100, 100 yard course, uh, 
five sheds, that being one of those six blocks on that course are going to be empty. You, okay. you're, you as the handler do not know which block's empty. Uh, your dog has 15 minutes to find and retrieve back to you four of those five sheds. Uh, okay. And working, we normally don't do placements. There are some clubs out there that do award placements, um, but you just get a pass toward your registry title, your working shed dog registry title with UKC. Uh, five passes get you working title. And champion, oh, okay. it's a little different in champion. Um, we do have top four placements. It's still 15-minute time course, and we have still have five sheds in that 50 by 100-yard course. But the dog has to find all five and retrieve all to hand. Or in working, they can just deliver it to the vicinity of the handler, like within about two steps. Oh, okay. So dogs that are, you know, maybe younger or maybe, you know, I wouldn't say not as fast. Uh, but th we typically, as our kennel typically put those types of dogs in the working class. Okay. Uh, champion, well, getting back to champion, um, time is of the essence. <laughs> uh, the fact that your dog is at retrieving and bringing all those sheds back to the handler, uh, the higher their placement is going to be. So we'll have a first, second, third, fourth place, and then we have passes for those that um, don't make it in the top four placements. And of course, the quickest time would get first, and then it uh, just goes from there. Okay. Uh, and then we have a point system and champion. If you just pass and you're not in the top four placement, you get 10 points. An accumulation of 100 points will get you your champion title. If you oh, okay. first, you get 35 points, second is 30 points, third is 25 points, and fourth is 20 points. So if you're in placement, you're going to earn your title quicker than you sure. would got a pass. So um, are, are you as the handler, you stay stationary and the dog goes out and works, or, or is the dog on a lead or anything? Dog is off leash, okay. uh, and you walk through the course. You're pretty much working as a team with your dog. Of course, you want them to be the one to find and retrieve the shed back to you. You don't want to have to do all the work, um, but it, it's a team effort. And okay. you're walking through that course. You're looking. You're not allowed to run, um, but you can walk quickly through the course. Um, uh, and if you do spot a shed before your dog sees it, then you have to make every attempt to be at least 15 feet from that shed in order for your dog to retrieve it. Um, okay. So, I mean, it's, you have to stay within the course boundaries. Um, you can't, you know, do any training techniques to get your dog to pick up the shed. Uh, you can wear a, um, a training collar, an e-collar on your dog, but uh, the judge gets your remote. So if you ask for your remote, you're automatically DQ'd. Uh, you can use a whistle, you can use treats to reward your dog if, you, if you'd like. But typically, we're just out there trying to find those sheds as quickly as we can. Hmm. Okay. And there, so when you're, when you're, I guess, on the course, are, is the 
like the, the owner or the trainer leading the dog to look in certain areas or does the dog know where to look? Um, you know what I mean? Like, do they, well, I guess when they place the sheds, do they place them in areas that they would naturally occur? Like, you know, thicker vegetation and by, you know, if there's a creek crossing or, you know, it, when you talk shed hunting, they say, you know, oh, check fence lines, creek crossings, et cetera. Do they naturally place them there or do they just try to hide them the best they can? They, they try and hide them the best they can. In working class, the sheds are going to be more visible to the handler and the dog. Uh, and then, of course, once you get into champion class, those, sh- those sheds are going to be a lot harder to uh, visually see. You know, you, you may find one that you're going to be able to, like, just spy as you're walking through the course. But um, And we you can use sheds as small as, like, a year-and-a-half-old shed deer. And they're going to be hid under leaves or you know, up alongside trees or down in dry creek beds or, you know, typically, I mean, depending on what, how the clubs have for courses, you know, the type of terrain they have is going to determine where, you know, they're going to hide the sheds on that course. We try and make it so that it's best for the dog's safety. So there's no like wire fencing up or anything like that in the area. Nothing that, you know, I mean, because those dogs are ranging out, they're working on their own. They're not sticking by their hand, their okay. handler, you know, at the starting gate and just in block one, as we call it, and their dog could be clear down the other end of the course, you know, hunting for antlers. That's why we call it a team effort because, you know, they're really covering a lot of ground a lot quicker than what you're going to, but we want to also look for them. It's just going to make their time go quicker. Sure. So, this there's there's multiple multiple dogs or teams uh, competing in this, right? I mean, I guess you said it was timed the in champion. It's a timed event. So, are the you know is the next team to go? Are the sheds in the same place? So that here's how that goes. If it's a handler that's only running one dog then every handler for their first dog that they're running is um, the, all of the sheds plants are going to be exactly in the same location, but the other handlers don't know that. And your blocks are not always going to be the same. Your empty block on that course will not always be the same. Oh, okay. So you're, you're still having to cover the course just as if there may be a shed in that block, but you're not quite sure if it's there yet because you haven't covered it with your dog. Now, if you're a handler that has multiple dogs, and you run, you're always going to get a different plant for your next dog that you're handling. It's never going to be in the same location. Okay. And they vary that just for fairness. I mean, because if I went on the course with my second dog, <laughs> right? You know, yeah, I'm walking to them pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a. Is is there a little bit of an element or potential element for the dog to just be tracking the previous team, smelling where they went? Or or how do you, I, I guess, how from a training standpoint, how are you going about training a dog to locate the sheds and not just follow the scent of the dog that went before it? They are, when you train these dogs, you know, a lot of people don't understand just how powerful a dog's nose is and how they can break down scents and layers. 
So they're trained on that one particular scent, which is a shed antler. And there may be dogs out there that, you know, when they're starting to be trained on shed antler recovery, that uh, they may track the owner's footsteps or, you know, another person's footsteps or another dog's footsteps. That's, that's quite possible. But once their training progresses, all that just pretty much sheds away and they're focused just on that antler smell. They'll hit on areas where other, like another plant might have been, but you just, you know, it may just be just a, a few seconds that they'll just mill around in those areas and then they move off. Okay. So if they know that it's not there, they're going to, you know, they'll eventually figure that out. They put that puzzle together and then they move off that area. Okay. So what kind of, is there a particular breed of dog that competes in this or are there all different kinds of breeds that compete? Primarily what you see is Labrador retrievers, Okay. but there's a multitude of breeds that have, that have and are competing now. Um, you know, another retriever would be the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, we have um, Boykin Spaniels, English Cocker Spaniels. Um, Dutch Shepherds, Belgian Malinois, Poodles, uh, Pit Bulls. Um, we have a Rottweiler uh, that competes. Catahoula um, Tracking Dog that competes. Um, I'm trying to think that there's uh, Australian Shepherds, miniature Australian Shepherds, Dobermans. I mean, there's just a whole array of breeds wow, yeah. that compete in this. All right, you piqued my interest with pit bull because we have pit bulls, <laughs> and my dog. I've I'm by no means a shed hunting trainer or expert, but she just doesn't. She's not like toy or toy driven. She doesn't retrieve anything. Okay. So I didn't think pit bulls would have a chance, but apparently they do. <laughs> Actually, they're Michigan that one of the UKC judges. Um, she's a working titled. Uh, through UKC and hmm. apparently quite well. I've never watched her run or judged her, but apparently she does quite well. Uh, I'm not sure if she's the only one of pit, of pit bulls around that actually competes. Uh, Cause I don't go to every of the competition, you know, around the country, but she's definitely one that I've seen hmm. out of it that has competed and titled. Cool. Hmm. So what, so those aren't all breeds that you guys run. What what breeds do you guys sort of specialize in? We specialize in Labrador Retrievers and English Cocker Spaniels. Okay. And you you were telling me before that that uh, you guys had the first or one of the first titled English Cocker Spaniels. What? Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have a. We have two adults and we have one pup here. Um, we have our male who's Buzz and Buzz um, was the first working titled Cocker, English Cocker Spaniel and he's working toward his champion title. He kind of took a hiatus for a little while. And then we have Luna who is my female. She's a little over five and she champion titled in November and she's just ran another competition this weekend and she was the only non-Labrador retriever running in the champion class. And she did quite well for herself this weekend. She, these little dogs hold their own. Uh, so she's the 
the first and only titled champion titled English Cocker in the UKC. And then wow. we have pups pups that resulted from litter number two between Buzz and Luna. And he is, I think he's working shed dog multiplied times two or three possibly. Uh, so he hasn't moved up to the champion class. Uh, his owner likes to keep him in working for more experience. But, um, and they've only had him for close to almost a year. And in that year, in this past year, he's, you know, received his working title uh, times two or three. Okay. So a dog that is trained to compete in shed hunting competition can also be, I'm assuming, can also be used for shed hunting out in the woods in the back 40? Oh, absolutely. Every dog kennel is not only a competitive dog, but also a recreational shed dog. Okay. So I guess along those lines, uh, can you have a dog that is a a shed hunting dog, but also, let's say, like a a blood tracking dog? Oh, yeah. Um, The Catahoula, she is um, in the working class. And she is a United Blood Tracker Level 1 title dog. Okay. Uh, she's down here in Southern Ohio. And she does quite well. And then there's another kennel here in the United States that does both um, blood tracking. And actually, I think there's a couple kennels in the United States that do blood tracking. And also they uh, do the competitive aspect and recreational with the dog. Hmm. Okay. So you can, you can have the dog, uh, wear multiple hats, let's say. Exactly. <laughs> okay. There, right. there, there are a lot of people out there that don't, you know, oh, well, my dog's trained for this, so I'm not going to do that. But they don't understand that dogs are so diverse that they can, as you say, wear many hats. They can do many different disciplines. Okay. They differentiate that, you know, with no problem. Okay. So, so I guess from a from a training on, standpoint, how do you, I guess if you're competing in both things, blood tracking and shed hunting, how do you direct the dog as to what it's looking for that day? Command key. So our our command cue for our dogs is find it, find the bone. A lot of people use search. And I personally don't have blood tracking dogs, so I don't know what their cue is. Um, and also, when a dog is being uh, readied for blood tracking, they usually use a harness and a particular leash. So when those dogs know that that harness is getting put on, that this is, right. you know, they're going for that particular game and not this one. You know, they're, they can, right. you know, their jobs a little bit is going to be different for that time period. Because in most cases, you have to blood track or track a deer on lead right in the state of ohio we have to um you're not pretty sure you're not allowed to track unless your dog's on a check cord or tracking okay so anything else on on competitive shed hunting that i that i haven't asked you about just because my my own ignorance to the to the sport um we do have a awesome uh youth division 
of course, because that's one thing we want to do. We want to get the youth included in this sport. We want to keep them active in the outdoors. We, you know, we want to uh, build their sportsmanship and um, give them responsibility and goals to aim for with their dog. If that's, you know, just giving some, giving them something new to do, something exciting. Uh, we have a lot of youth that within this past year have now 